कलेक्टेड वर्क्स ऑफ के ए कृष्ण स्वामी अयर दिस इज द सेवेंथ बुक वी आर सीइंग इन द इंग्लिश सीरीज पब्लिश फ्रॉम अध्यात्म पब्लिश बाय अध्यात्म प्रकाश कार्यालय बैंगलोर इन दैट थर्ड मेन टॉपिक वाज मेडिटेशंस इन दैट वी हैव सीन थ्री सेशंस वी हैव हर्ड नेक्स्ट this is the fourth session in meditations my own existence i can never doubt this is the topic for today fourth session <laughs> om shri gurubhyo namaha harihi om shri ganeshaya namaha dr krishnamurthi shastri dambe punacha karnataka bantwal taluku dakshin kannada jilla india bharat my own existence i can never doubt the problem of the reality of the world is reduced to this simple form i know both my outside that is the phenomenal part and my self the substance that retains its identity through all my outward changes and making an extreme supposition if everyone else in the world should fail to recognize me owing to violent and thorough change in my external shape i should be the only authority on whom the proof of my identity rests further though the whole world may doubt my identity i cannot have the option of doing the same for here is nothing to be proved to me but i require all proof for establishing the identity of anything other than myself including persons evidence is required for maintaining the existence of something external but not one's own for he that weighs evidences passes judgments and arrives at conclusions is the very person who is at first satisfied about his own existence all his acts presuming the same so there are two things in favor of one's own existence he is both phenomenal to himself in the form of his own body and feelings and known now nominal as he knows himself to be the center of all these appearances namely a spiritual bliss the existence of the substrate of the world presumed by analogy as to anything external such as the world it is a phenomenon only and nothing more investing it with the central self as its substantial basis is simply an act of mistaken transference founded in instinctive illusion the instincts of our nature seem to argue in this form i find two elements in my life, uh, in myself bodily and spiritual the phenomenal and the observer of all phenomena or something persisting as a substance after all the phenomenal portion is supposed to have been mentally at least dismissed ergo in the world i perceive there ought to be some similar elements the one being what we perceive the phenomenal and the other what we do not perceive but by my own analogy ought to be presumed strictly speaking i ought to conclude i am the only observer of the world but the analogy is erroneous 
is founded on a mistake for taking the instance of our own self as the substance persisting through the changes of form and condition that my body undergoes we must conclude in the strictest logic that if the world have a substratum at all it want to be a spirit a knowing being such as myself an observer of changes but never submitting to be observed but such a supposition would be suicidal to the position of a realist for if an observer be granted to be at the bottom of the world we should now discuss whether in that case it is consistent to have a number of observers all plurality is restricted to things conditioned by space and time but an observer cannot be so bound therefore we might safely conclude that the observer is only one and that the man's self Berkeley's incorrect inference of an external mind Berkeley was perfectly right when he said that there is not the same kind of evidence for the existence of a world outside of me that we have for asserting our own but being not acquainted with the system his reasonings have not been consistent throughout in as much as he supposes the human mind to be a product of time instead of resolving time itself into a chimera of the mind failing in this manner to benefit by kant's discoveries of the mental forms he falls into many mistakes which appear almost ridiculous in the superior light of the system he infers for the for instance from the correct principle that the existence of a world depends on an observer or the perceiver altogether unwarranted existence of an external mind apart from and independently of the human if he had opposed these as the phenomenal counterparts of each other and hinted at their metaphysical or essential identity he might have had the credit of arriving at the system through the pure exertions of his intellect unaided by the conclusions of the system but this neither he nor kant seems to have been dis- destined to achieve scopenhauer the first european to comprehend vedanta scopenhauer was the first european thinker to comprehend the principles of the system and to defy all notions of fashion and etiquette by evoking an unfeigned admiration of them and their source he openly acknowledges himself as a thorough convert to the system which he undertakes to expound in a mode of his own duesen followed and perfected his methods though it must be said in fairness to the system and its first propounder that notwithstanding its entire adoption in nearly all its details by these renowned thinkers of the modern europe they have nearly given up the simple but readily convincing style of his argumentation so redolent of the figures and images of the vedas and for that reason treasured up and mastered by the hindu scholars and endeavored to strike out a path of their own in the sphere of argument and illustration by freely drawing upon the latest conclusions of the empirical sciences cultivated at this time in europe the most important doctrines of the system based upon experience the simplest statement of the fact about the external world and my own self is as might be perceived from the foregoing one i have a sense of unbroken continuity of existence of myself for even sleep i conceive as a condition of it this being a natural feeling i never am 
inclined to doubt it for when i seem to doubt i am still present as the doubter second i go in the quest of evidence for proving the existence of objects of sense all evidence is supplied by the operation of the senses whereas when all the senses are in a quiescent state when even the unceasing process of the mind have come to a standstill in the soundest sleep there is a superior intelligence and man's self ever watchful though without coming under cognizance of the intellect simply because the later itself is then temporarily extinguished as we become aware of the fact on our first awakening into consciousness the man rousing himself from a deep sleep expresses his mysterious experience as follows i enjoyed a sound sleep and was aware of nothing the whole system is pivoted on this singular though common feeling of us, of us all it proves these things one the self was awake second the self is an observer third the self in its unmodified and own nature is blissful and free of all sorrow fourth all impressions of the world can for a uh, time at least be completely effaced from the self fifth the self which thus runs as a thread through the three wakeful sleeping and dreaming states knows of no break in this continuity whereas sixth during sleep we lose touch altogether with the outside world whose existence during that time being not perceived nor felt should be inferred only and seventh as this inference is really grounded on a mistaken transference of the persisting power of the self to the non self the non self or the world does not in really exist at all eighth the self is wrapped up in ignorance question mark so this is the topic today um that is there is no doubt in the existence of the self mm? that is the topic or in other words <coughs> uh, my own existence i can never doubt so this is the topic here so this is uh, actually the fourth session under meditations thank you one and all hari rama om tat sat